Podcast. What is up, college lacrosse fans? You are watching the 71st episode of the Lax Factor Podcast, and it is the first. It's a week zero college lacrosse recap show. What we're going to do is we're going to break this up into two parts. Today, we're going to talk about the two ACC games, uh, Air Force, Duke, and Colgate UNC. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the Hopkins, or not the Hopkins, we're going to talk about the... Maryland and High Point game and the Lafayette and Penn State game and then the Rutgers Quinnipiac game. So we'll get to those tomorrow. We're going to break this up every every week now into two shows. We're going to do a Monday show uh, talking about you know some games and then a Tuesday show talking about more. Today, everything that we're getting in, we're going to do the Lax Factor Player of the Week. We're going to do Air Force Duke, Colgate UNC, Bellarmine Utah, Detroit Mercy, and Jacksonville. Those are the and then we're going to talk D three Carthage Hendricks and Barry Salisbury. So those are the games we're going to talk about in today's episode. Before I get into that. I want to make sure that you hit like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. The easiest thing you can do, just hit the like button, just hit the thumbs up, uh, just smash that for us or share the podcast with your friends, share the video on your social media platforms. And as always, you can go to laxfactor.com. You can watch our videos there, listen to our audio podcast. You can buy swag, hats, t-shirts. We got like pullover hoodies and stuff like that. We have uh, all sorts of stuff, but more importantly, just uh, hit the like button and then share the podcast with others. As we get into this, the first thing I wanted to do was talk about the Lax Factor Player of the Week, and obviously, I think that this will be most people's Player of the Week if they were to pick one, Brandon Dodd from Air Force. He had four goals and four helpers. He had four goals and a dish in the second half as part of Air Force's come-from-behind win over Duke. It was a crazy game. I actually picked it as one of my upset alerts, and then I saw Joe Robertson uh, wasn't playing early on, and I was like, ooh, that, that kind of gives Air Force an even better shot because I think Joe Robertson's kind of the alpha on Duke's offense or should be this year. From the start, it looked like Duke was going to roll, though. Duke comes out 5-0. They were up at uh, up 6-1, and then with 244 left in the first half, they had a 9-5 lead. So I'm thinking, yeah, Duke may roll. Uh, I, obviously, five goals isn't that bad, but Duke was in control most of that game, and Air Force was struggling. First play. Of the second half, though, Duke wins the faceoff, comes down. They try to force feed the crease, um, and there's a big double-team hit by Jacksonville that results in a Duke turnover. Ball goes the other way, and who scores? Our man, Dodd, scores on a fast-break goal to get it back to 9-6. Dodd strikes again shortly after on a question-mark dodge up the right side. He kind of banged back and uh, stuck it left-handed, question-mark. And then it just went back and forth for a little while. We, uh, we get to later in the game, and then Duke breaks the number one rule of stopping transition. Duke at this point had been up the whole game, and Air Force gets their first tie of the game on a fast break where Duke just failed to stop the ball. Long pole goal for Schlechtka for Air Force. I'm not sure if I got his name right, but that tied things up 12-12. Then the Falcons get their first lead of the game. It's Dodd's fourth goal of the game. The double came late. He buries it 13-12. Then we get the damn empty netter ball game 14-12 with 47.6 ticks left. And actually, I may have got that wrong. Dodd may have not scored the the goal that put them up. He may have scored the empty netter that buried it. So don't quote me on that one. I might have that wrong. Uh, And then Duke got one back late in the game, seven seconds left, but it was too late. Uh, The player to watch. Oh, and then keep in mind, too. Air Force beats Duke, and 
Duke always loses one of these games early in the season. Last year it was High Point. In previous years, it was uh, Air Force beating Duke early in the year. I want to say Duke has lost at home and maybe on the road to Air Force over the last eight years or so. So this this isn't a, this is a normal thing for Duke. And before we we start saying, oh, the wheels are falling off, let's keep in mind, uh, from what I understand, Duke doesn't scrimmage anybody. This is Duke's first outing against another team this spring. These early season games are their scrimmages, and they they don't have that offensive alpha male, at least not at least without Robertson, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. They're going to have to kind of figure things out. Nakai Montgomery, from what I understand, I mean, I watched the game, but I had people here, um, so I wasn't paying close attention to who was rolling on the midlines, but I see Nakai Montgomery had a big goose egg, so he didn't do much, if anything at all. So he hasn't developed as they hoped. Maybe he's hobbled. I'm not sure how that pans out, but Duke will figure this out. Duke is not the rail. They're not off the rails by any means. They always lose a game early. And I still think that Duke is probably with coach D and what he does to prepare his team slowly, but surely I think they're still a, a tournament team. So let's not, let's not freak out and think that uh, it's, it's going to completely fall off for Duke. And then another thing, that may be a blessing in disguise with Robertson being out is a couple of guys are going to end up having to step up as long as he's gone. Uh, so Joey Manown, he went for three goals, two assists, Carpenter, two and two. So they're both solid. We, they're known quantities. Um, Cameron Bedour for Duke, junior midfielder, he went three and one. So is he maybe one of the guys that's going to benefit from Manown being out and having to you know kind of step up and fill, fill the void and the points that he would normally put up? Turner Upgren, he looked rough. For Duke, he only came up with eight saves versus 14 goals against, uh, so that's not going to be good enough, especially not in conference. They're going to have to figure that out in the cage. Is, is it going to be Upgren? Is he going to be able to step up and then fill this void in cage? Because there was a void in cage in this game, and it hurt Duke over the, the course of the second half as Air Force started to try to chip away at that lead and get back into it. Uh, for Air Force, Dodd was 4-4. Four and four. Quincy Peen had himself a day, four goals and a helper. And the story of the day, I think, for Air Force, besides um, uh, Dodd having a great day, is Brandon Host. Kid makes 17 saves versus 13 goals against uh, for the Falcons at Duke. Very key in their victory. So this was a hell of a game. Great game to watch. It, it was... I, at points, I was just like, ah, it's, you know, I was kind of half paying attention because I thought it was over and I like to yap. Obviously, I like to yap. So ended up being a hell of a game. But let's let's uh, let's all you know be reserved here. Duke, it's not falling off uh, for Duke yet. Let's not freak out. The next game of the day was Colgate uh, coming to uh, playing North Carolina down at North Carolina. Admittedly, I didn't see this coming. I had picked the uh, Penn State Lafayette game as my bloodbath. That turned out to be wrong. And the bloodbath of the weekend, I think, really was Colgate uh, and UNC. UNC beats them 19-6 is what I'm showing here. Uh, so, yes, I thought that Colgate was going to be capable of playing better. But I'm also not surprised that, that UNC was able to beat him up. UNC looked tough all over the field. They came out beating them down from the beginning, came right out. Uh, one of the early Colgate possessions forced a turnover, beat them up on the ground ball, went back up the other way. Fitting that Chris Gray got things started for UNC, scores their first two goals. He ends up with four goals and two assists uh, on the day. So he has a six-point day in his uh, opening uh, opening game for uh, the Tar Heels. Pleasantly surprised, actually, with how Nikki Solomon played and how they gelled together. Solomon goes for three goals and two helpers. He he dodged well. He carried well. He fed well. He even scored an off-ball uh, goal. I forget who had that assist. It may have been Perry or Anderson. 
But Nicky Solomon, he looked really good. Uh, William Perry, three goals and a helper. Brian Cameron, two goals and a helper. Justin Anderson, a hat trick. All very good. All known quantities. Well, at least uh, Perry and, and Anderson are. And I had said in when I kind of um, previewed North Carolina that they had all of the pieces, especially offensively, to be a killer team and a very dangerous team offensively. And then you add Gray to that mix, and they've got everything they need. They've got midfielders out top that can both dodge and snipe, spot shoot. So these attackmen like Solomon and Gray, they can they can go to the rack. And if if teams have to pay too close attention to them, they're going the the midfielders up top are going to feast into uh, step down shots and things like that. Caton Johnson nine saves against just two goals, so he looked really good in cage. Patrick Lyons, a six four senior pole, he forced two tur- turnovers, picked up five ground balls. I think he actually forced one of the 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 turnover in one of the clips that. I've already showed as we're uh, sitting here rambling. Great effort all around out of UNC. It'll actually be interesting to, uh, to see now what Syracuse does with Colgate on Friday as Colgate's going to play Syracuse in the Dome uh, this upcoming Friday. So maybe they're, will they come out and try to kind of uh, get their second win in the Dome? Will they come out, you know, just balls to the wall fired up because they just got their butts whooped? By UNC, it will be interesting to see. But one thing for sure, UNC is they're confident. They're going to play confident and they are ready to make noise in the ACC. I'll also do a video here for any ACC people that follow ACC. I was at the um, Yale uh, Syracuse scrimmage uh, yesterday as well. So I'll put a video for that up probably Wednesday because I want to get a good recap show up for you tomorrow where we go through High Point, uh, Maryland and the Lafayette and Penn State game with all the other ones we want to talk about. Next game, Bellarmine or Bellarmine in Utah. They go out to, to face Utah. Utah kicked off the 2019 season last year against Vermont. This year, they get the nightcap game. I think this was the last game played on Saturday night. Last year when they met, Utah edged Bellarmine by a goal. This year, thanks to a big outing from Colin Burke and Jimmy Perkins, the final was 16-10 Utah. Perkins. He's a guy, he transferred in and played last year. I forget where he was. I want to say he may have been at Bobby Moe. I'm going to mix that up. But anyway, Perkins transferred in. He hadn't played for a year because he had an injury last year. I felt he was going to be one of the breakout players in D1. I felt he was going to end up being Utah's leading scorer, and that didn't pan out. I think he ended up their third leading scorer. He had a solid year for a, a good first-year team. But uh, he... He underachieved, I think, even probably for what he was hoping he was going to do, considering the offensive talent he is. He puts up four goals in this game, though. He went 24-7 and last year is what Perkins did. So he goes four goals. Great win. uh, Great start for him. Colin Burke a transfer from Fairfield. He didn't play last season. He puts up seven he put up 17 goals and 23 assists for Fairfield in 2018. He transfers to Utah, gets to play in 2020, and he made good use of that transfer. He goes for two goals and four helpers in his first game as a Ute and helping them get this win. Josh Stout, everyone's favorite MCLA player, turned Division 1 NCAA player. He goes two and two on the day, which uh, Stout was a goal scoring machine last year. He scored 43 goals and I think he only had five helpers last year. So he goes two and two in this game. And uh, the kid is fast. The kid has wheels, an insane first step, an insane second, third, fourth, fifth step if you're uh, trying to to guard him. So Stout had a good game. Bright spot for Bellerman, their backup keeper, their, their starting keeper. He got roughed up a little bit. They bring in their backup keeper. I think the score was 10-4, 10-3 at the half. And uh, Ian Riley, their backup 
backup goalie, he stopped 11 shots versus six goals. So, hey, that's not too bad. So that was a bright spot for Bellerman. But in the end, Utah looked good, and it looks like they are going to continue to advance and uh, become a better team here uh, in their second season at the Division I level. Another good game over the weekend, and this was one of the games I had said would probably be good. I think I did pick Jacksonville at home, but Detroit Mercy, they go down to Jacksonville. They pick up a big win on the road, 15-14 against Jacksonville. Tough loss at home. I, I knew it was going to be a good game, and I was rooting for Jacks because of Galloway and all that crap, but, uh, but, but Detroit Mercy had a nice squad coming back, so I knew it was going to end up being a pretty fairly matched game. Jacksonville, they hold a 10-7 lead at the end of the first half, and it was a pretty high, that's a pretty high-scoring first half, 10-7. If you were betting on this game, you should have taken the over. Uh, Detroit Mercy, they come out and score the first four goals of the second half to take their first lead, 11-10. Four different players scored over that third quarter run, and this became a game of runs. Jacksonville starts the third quarter out. They win the third quarter with four goals in a row. Uh, so by the end of the third, it was 11-10, and Jacksonville had their lead. To start the fourth, Jacksonville, they go on their own run. They score four goals over the start, you know, to start the fourth quarter out. Evan Tyler had two assists over that run. So Jacksonville takes the lead back about halfway through the fourth quarter, 14 to 11. But in a game of runs, now it's Detroit Mercy's turn. And whoever in this game, it was whoever had the last run was going to win the game. And it proved to be Detroit Mercy. Uh, wait for it. Wait for it. Four goal run. They have from about the eight. 0.27 mark or so. Uh, they tie it up with 504 left off a of Kyle Waters goal. And then the game winner also scored by Waters at 146 with in the fourth quarter. One goal lead. That's the ball game. Jacksonville did make it interesting. They I believe uh Jacksonville won the ensuing faceoff. Detroit Mercy got a penalty, slashing penalty on that faceoff. They end up turning the ball over on the man up play and end up getting a shot off uh you know after scrums ensued and the ball, you know, Jacks uh Detroit Mercy got the ball back. Uh Jacksonville Jack Dolan, he ends up getting a shot off with 2 seconds left and uh Logan Shamblin, the goalie for Detroit Mercy, he makes a save. Ball game again. So it was a game that was, you know, hotly contested and went back and forth the whole game. Detroit Mercy was never out of it, and they were the ones that ended up putting it away. So Jacksonville, they have to shore that up. I know that that was one of the things in their scrimmage against Navy and UNC that Galloway was glad to see was that they were able to jump out to a huge lead on UNC and then hold it. And then against Navy, they ended up going down and then came back. Apparently, now what they have to work on is is giving up leads, you know, because they end up with a 14-11 lead going into the fourth quarter. And, or no, 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 they end up with a 14-11 lead about halfway through the fourth quarter and just couldn't hold on to it and, and couldn't, couldn't keep that lead, couldn't keep that interesting for them. So Jacksonville drops a tough one at home, and that was one of the things we talked about. They were going to have to handle their non-conference business as they try to uh, get themselves into their tournament and uh, maybe into the NCAA tournament. So not a good start, but hey, it's first game of the year. It's only week zero, not even week one yet, week zero. So they'll be okay. Uh, let's check into some Division Three action. We had Carthage and Hendricks. I think they kicked all of Division Three off on Saturday. Carthage ends up beating Hendricks pretty handily, 16-4 at Hendricks. Noah Lind Lindner, he uh, dropped a 10-point game on Hendricks. He goes uh, seven goals, three helpers. He was 5-2 and two by halftime and then went on to score another two goals and an assist over the second half. Kid also forced three turnovers on the day, which was interesting. Kyle Guthrie had 13 saves in cage for Carthage on just three goals against. So it was not a very well 
or equally matched game or whatnot. Carthage and Carthage uh, smoked Hendricks despite Elias Ramos going 17 to 23 from the faceoff dot for Hendricks. So that's a bright spot for Hendricks that their faceoff guy was able to win 17 of 23 draws. The bad side, they weren't able to parlay that into actual points. And then the only other uh, D3 game I was going to talk about because there was only a couple of them was Barry and Salisbury. And I found this matchup interesting because I watched this game last year and Barry hung tight. And I, th- I want to say Salisbury beat Barry eight to six or something like that. I think it ended up being a close game. And this year Salisbury got revenge housing Barry 27 to three, 15 players netted goals for Salisbury across Ferrara and Griffin Maroney led the offense with four goals and two assists apiece. And Van Parker followed close behind with three goals and an assist, but it was a bloodbath uh, from the beginning. So that's a huge difference. They, they play a two or three goal game last year against each other and this year, 27 to three. So it was just an absolute murking and absolute bloodbath. So what is the plan for tomorrow? The plan for tomorrow's show, we are going to rip through and do high point versus Maryland. We are going to rip through and do Penn state and Lafayette with highlights. And then we're also going to talk about Quinnipiac Rutgers, a couple other D one games, and then we'll dive into the one of the D two matchups that I wanted to talk about, and then it'd probably get into another D three matchup for Wednesday show. We are going to go through, show some highlights from the Syracuse and Yale scrimmage, talk a little bit about both of those teams as they get ready to play next weekend, and then we will um, uh, come Thursday. We'll put out the weekend preview show where we will preview Cuse Colgate and then a bunch of other games that are being played on Saturday and Sunday uh, across the Division One landscape. So that is it. So we have a show for you every day this week. We will have the uh, a follow-up uh, recap show where we talk about the Big Ten games. Uh, we will have a, another show on Wednesday where we talk about Yale Q scrimmage. We will have another show on Thursday where we talk about all of the upcoming games on the weekend. And then Friday, we'll do the daily podcast where I ramble about just random stuff. And then uh, Saturday, we get to watch more, more lacrosse again. Super Bowl, who cares? College lacrosse has started. Uh, NFL football is now over for all of us. I kind of have a little bit of a food hangover, but I think that I will survive. So as always, be sure, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. If you want to support us beyond that, go to laxfactor.com. You can watch our videos there, listen to our audio podcast there, and you can get swag, hats, shirts, and crap, and mugs, and whatever else. So as always, thank you for watching, and I will be back tomorrow to talk about the Big Ten games and show you some highlights from those as well. Thank you.